you would take your copy of God's Word and turn to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. That's not going to be our main text today, but it is going to be our opening text. Titus chapter 3, in just a little bit, we're going to read verses 4 and 5 of Titus chapter 3. But before we do, you know, I don't know about you, but one of the things I like about Facebook, and there's a lot about it I don't like, but one of the things I like about it is the family and friends' pictures that they post about their family and where they go and the events they attend and the places they go on vacation. I like uh, seeing that. And way long before there was computer and Facebook, my grandmother had one of those little, y'all remember those little 110 Kodak uh, uh, cameras? He put film in them. And my grandmother, she'd take pictures of everything and everybody. Everywhere we went, she'd take just loads of pictures and she put them in photo albums. And at the time, I thought it was kind of silly. But I have to admit, I enjoyed looking at my grandmother's photo albums and looking at those old pictures. And first thing I think of is I didn't think I was ever that young. Uh, and how a boy could be that skinny is beyond me. But I was. But it brings back pleasant memories of, of maybe a better time and when times were easier, what so hard. And, and I enjoy looking at those pictures. And, and maybe you guys do too. Maybe you like looking at Facebook pictures or, or pictures someone has taken of, of places and things that we do. But, and maybe our fondness for looking at pictures is why the phrase, a picture is worth a thousand words, maybe that's why that came into existence. And maybe that's why that became popular. But as we kind of narrow our thought and attention this morning towards spiritual things, I think one of the greatest pictures painted in Scripture is the picture and the pictures of baptism and water baptism. I'm going to state right up front, water baptism does not save us. Water baptism is not the mechanism that God uses to save us. However, water baptism is a picture it's a picture, it's an outside picture that we can see of what has already happened to us in our salvation and in our rebirth. And before we look at the picture that water baptism paints, there's five of them in Romans uh, chapter 6. We're going to go there in a minute. But first I want us to look at the real deal. I want to look at the baptism that does save us, and that's in Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, When the goodness and love for man appeared from God our Savior, He saved us. Notice it said God saved us. It's not something we do. It's not something we earn. It's something that God does. God saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to His mercy. Now watch this through the washing of regeneration and renewal by who? The Holy Spirit. Salvation and being born again is a Holy Spirit thing. Salvation and being born again is something that the Holy Spirit does inside our heart. We were dead to sin. We trust Jesus as our Savior. And the Holy Spirit, through a miraculous work of of, of God, it's, it's a miracle, I can't explain it, 
When Jesus tried to explain the new birth in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, Jesus told Nicodemus, the new birth is sort of like the wind. You, you don't know where it comes from. You don't know how long it's going to last. It just shows up. I can't tell you exactly what happens in the new birth, but I do know this. The Holy Spirit, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you have repented toward God, you quit running from God, and you start running to God and say, God, I'm tired of doing this my way. I've tried to do it my way. My way didn't work. I want, I'm, I'm coming to you, Lord. You handle this. Lord, Jesus, save me. The Holy Spirit at that point in time gives us a new heart. He gives us a new will. He gives us a new birth. Uh, we talked about, Miss Linda brought up about that second birth of trusting Jesus as our Savior. Those of us who trusted Jesus as our Savior, we will be born twice in our life. First, our physical birth. Second, our spiritual birth. And we're only going to die one time. And when we die, death is simply a transition that takes us from this life to the next. So we're born twice, we die once. If you don't trust Jesus as your Savior, you're going to be born once. Your physical birth. But you're going to die twice. You're going to die your physical death. And then you're going to die the second death that scripture says is eternal punishment in hell with God. Or with Satan and his angels. God's prepared that for Satan and his angels and, and his followers. So salvation is not through water baptism. It's the Holy Spirit baptism that's done at the moment of salvation. Is everybody with me on that? Understanding what we're talking about. Now... Take your Bibles for the rest of our time. We're going to be in Romans chapter 6. This is a terrific picture that Paul gives us as to what water baptism paints a picture of. And, and like I say, there are five. What does water baptism picture? Paul gives us five things. And, and we're not going to be here all day. We're going to cover these pretty quickly. And we're going to get on to the good stuff of, of having a baptism with Jasmine. Amen? Amen? If anybody else wants to be baptized while I'm already there, I'll baptize you too. Just jump right in and we'll, 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 we'll do that. But what pictures does, hope, does water baptism paint? First of all, let's read verses 1 through 5. Romans 6, verses 1 through 5. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply or abound? And let me state up front, the reason Paul says this, Paul has spent the first five chapters of Romans discussing the fact that everybody's a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we all need Jesus Christ. And we are saved by grace through faith, through trust in Jesus Christ. So Paul asked the question, well, some people were saying, well, if grace shows up in salvation, let's keep sinning so we can keep getting grace. Let's keep sinning so God can keep working his grace. So Paul says, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply or abound? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live any longer therein? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now those five verses, we find five pictures that water baptism paints. Once again, baptism, water baptism doesn't save us. It's a picture of what being born again and baptism of the Holy Spirit does for us when we're born again. First of all, the first picture that baptism paints, baptism is a picture of our death to sin. Baptism is a picture of our death to sin. Look at verse 2. He says, how can we who died to sin live or still live with it? Or how can we live any longer therein? Uh, if we have, when we are born again, the Holy Spirit gives us a new heart. Ephesians chapter 2 says that before we were born again, all of us were dead in trespasses and sins. But God, who is rich in mercy, quickened us or made us alive. When we are, were baptized in the Holy Spirit, water baptism paints the picture of the fact that our old man, our old woman, is dying. We are saying that that life I lived before I was born again, I'm dead to that life. Paul says, for I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives with me. We are dead to sin. Water baptism paints a picture of our death to sin. When we became alive in Christ, we became dead to sin. Notice how Paul elaborates on this in verses 6 and 7. He says, for we know that our old self, our old man, our old woman, our old life was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin or slaves to sin. Keep that word enslaved in your mind. Verse 7, since a person who has died is free from sin. Water baptism is a picture of our old self, our old life, our old life that we lived as slaves to sin. That life is gone. That life is over. A new you has been born. You know, we talk about it New Year's, trying to make a new you, and we see all these different television commercials about you can slap this cream on your face and make yourself look 50 years younger, and you can take this diet and... You can eat this pill, you can eat this noom, and all this kind of stuff, and, and you can have the body of a 20-year-old. But can I tell you what? Some of that stuff don't work. <laughs> They're trying to get us to think we can be young. Bottom line is, there's no in, in the outside of Jesus Christ, there's no such thing as a new you, amen? When we have been born again, you really get a chance to have a new you. Because not only do you get to have a new you, you have your mind's gone, your will's gone, your heart's gone. And the will and mind and heart of Jesus Christ is put inside of you. And you die to that old life. Now, that does not mean we are done dealing with sin. I don't know about y'all, but I deal with it more than I want to. Amen? You do too. But let me tell you what being born again does. Born again frees us from slavery to sin. We are now slaves of Jesus Christ. 
Now, because we still have that old man and woman still alive, he rears up every now and then. We still fight sin. The bad news is we're going to fight sin until the day we die. You know the good news? The good news is we have a weapon. When we're born again, before you're born again, you don't have a weapon to fight sin. That's your natural desires to do whatever feels good, tastes good, looks good. But when we're born again, we get Jesus Christ. And scripture tells us, greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. We have a fighting chance with Jesus Christ, right? Water baptism paints a picture of our death to sin. Now we're still going to deal with sin, and we will deal with sin till we get to glory. But amen, when we are born again or reborn, we are alive in Christ. Can I tell you that until you're born again, you're never truly alive? Scripture says you're dead in trespasses and sins. We are not spiritually alive until we're born again. And, can I, and we'll talk about this in a minute. So when I say it in a minute, act like you never heard it before. <laughs> your old life, you're dead to sin, but you're raised to walk, not only alive spiritually, but you will be more alive physically than you've ever been before. Because you made a connection with your creator. Amen? Amen? So first of all, water baptism paints a picture of our death to sin. Number two, baptism is a picture of our relationship with Christ. Look at verse three. Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Before we were born again, we were slaves to sin but dead to Jesus Christ. At the time of our regeneration, when the Holy Spirit takes our heart and he, he crucifies our old man, our new man, our new woman, when we're born again, we become dead to sin and alive to Christ. Paul says we are baptized into Christ. Now the baptism that literally puts us into Christ is not water baptism. That's why I read that Titus passage. The baptism that puts us in Christ is a spiritual deal with the Holy Spirit. You with me on that? But what water baptism shows, it shows, it paints a picture that we are in Christ. That we have left the old world. We don't belong to Satan anymore. We belong to Jesus. We're, we're, we're his children. We're, we're God's children. Water baptism is merely a picture that helps us understand and see what the Holy Spirit does. I don't know about y'all, but I need to see things. I'm a visual learner. I like to be able to see. And I'm also, uh, uh, yes, Jasmine. Um, I'm sorry, I just have a question. Um, so do we get baptized because we're already saved? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into that in just a second. Good right. question. If, by the way, if anybody has questions during this, we, we, got, we need to know this. As Christians, we need to understand, you know, Understand why we do what we do. It's not just something that, well, we've done it all these years, but we need to know why we're doing it. Yes, you're exactly right. Baptism does not save us. That's something the Holy Spirit does. Water baptism is something that we use first to show we're dead to sin. Second, to show that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And to take Jasmine's question and put it a little bit further, uh, as Christians... One of the reasons that being in, the word Christian means Christ-like, right? Yeah. 
means to be like Jesus. If somebody says, I'm a Christian, but then they live contrary to Jesus, they're not a Christian, right? We won't be Christ-like, so guess what? Jesus was baptized, so we need to be baptized. Jesus was not baptized to have his sins forgiven because he was sinless, right? Jesus' baptism, water baptism is not for remission of sins. That doesn't save us. Holy Spirit saves us at being born again. Water baptism, we're baptized in water because Jesus was. Jesus was baptized, first of all, to inaugurate his ministry. He's making a public declaration that says, I belong to God. I'm God. I'm starting my ministry now. When we are baptized, we are baptized because what happens in salvation is between me and God. What happened at your salvation was was between you and God. But when we are baptized in water, we are showing everybody, I'm saved. I'm born again. Y'all, I'm making a public declaration. I'm on God's side. Water baptism is sort of that line in the sand. You remember the line, we watch movies that says, if you step across this line, I'm going to punch you in the nose. You know, y'all seen those TV shows? Well, we draw a line in the sand. And when we step across that line, we say, I belong to Jesus Christ. He saved me. He's given me new life. He's given me new hope. He's given me new will. He's given me a new desire. Y'all, I'm letting everybody know I belong to Jesus. Does that make sense? We don't get baptized to be saved. We're already saved. But we're baptized to show the world that we belong to Jesus. We're baptized to show I'm dead to sin. My, my old life is gone. I've got a new life I'm going to live now. I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. I live with him. Number three. So first, baptism is a picture of our death to sin. Secondly, it's a picture of our relationship with Jesus. Third, in verse uh, four, it is a burial of our old man or our old woman. It's a picture of the burial of our old man or old woman. Look at the first part of verse four. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death. I can't think of a better picture to describe the new birth than what we see in water baptism that describes a death, a burial, and being raised to walk a new life. New Testament water baptism is immersion. It's a burial. We say, well, how, how, how do you know that? Well, here we've said our old man has died and it's being buried. That's what baptism is a symbol of. Now, if we take, I almost said our friend Bob. We have a Bob here, so I don't want to get that as a, as a, our friend Ralph. Nobody's here named Ralph, are they? <laughs> Ralph passes away. And we're going to bury him over here in Old New Oak Cemetery. And everybody goes to the grave site. Old Ralph is laid out on the ground there. And we sprinkle a little dirt over him. And we say, Ralph is buried. Would we agree that Ralph has been buried if you just sprinkle a little dirt on him? No. We, when we bury somebody, we, 
We put them under the ground, right? We cover them with dirt. They're buried in the dirt. Scripture here tells us in verse 4, we were buried with him by baptism. New Testament baptism is immersion. That's why we as Baptists practice immersion. I once had a deacons meeting of a church I pastored, and I asked our deacons, I said, why do we immerse when we baptize? And one of the deacons says, that's just the way we've always done it. <laughs> Y'all, the reason we immerse is because the Bible paints the picture of baptism as a burial. And not only here, but remember in the Gospels, Scripture tells us that John buried in the Jordan River because there was much water there. You don't need much water to sprinkle or to pour over somebody, right? You just need a little bit. John baptized in the Jordan because there was enough water there to immerse somebody and bring them out. Acts chapter 8, Philip and the eunuch. Scripture tells us that both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and they came up out of the water. In a few minutes when we baptize Jasmine, Jasmine and I are going to enter that baptismal pool. We're going to put Jasmine under the water and we'll bring her out. I promise you I won't drop her. I haven't lost anybody yet. If I do drop her, y'all come running. Not that I'm just but Jasmine and I are going to go into the water and we're going to come out of the water. Why? Because that's what they did in the New Testament. And that's the way God, or that's the way Paul paints this picture of baptism. It's a burial. Does that make sense? New Testament baptism is immersion. But let me share with you something else about baptism. Another picture, number four. Baptism is a picture of our new life. Look at the end of verse four. Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. Just like water baptism is a picture of what happens to us before we're born again. We're dead to sin, we are buried, and we are raised to walk as a new Christian. We're now a child of God. We were dead to sin, or dead to Christ and alive to sin, after being baptized in the Spirit, after our hearts been changed, we've been born again. Now we are raised to be dead to sin and alive to Christ. We have a new life. Baptism pictures. It's a physical picture of what happens when the Holy Spirit is finished with us in the new birth. We're given new life. We're given a new, a new heart, a new will, a new mind, a new desire. Well, th that water baptism is a picture of that so we can see it. So we can see and understand what that is. Our old life is gone. A new life with Jesus Christ awaits. And y'all, can I tell you that is a new life right now? I said a minute ago, you will, when you are dead to sin and you're born again and you're alive in Christ, you will be alive spiritually, but also you will be more alive than you've ever been physically. Because you're given a purpose. You're given a reason. When you've been born again, you're living for Jesus. People, I hear Christians say, I wish I knew what the will of God is in my life. Can I wrap it up and tell you the will of God for your life is to be a light for him? 
we complicate. Now, I'm not saying we don't need to ask God's guidance for career and, and marriage and big decisions we make in life. But bottom line, every decision we make, we need to ask the question, does this glorify God? Does this show Jesus? Would, would Jesus do this? Would Jesus say this? Would Jesus act this way? We've been given a new life. You got a new you, and you didn't have to pay hundreds of dollars to get it. Amen? <laughs> on one hand, salvation is free. But on the other hand, salvation cost heaven everything heaven had. Jesus Christ pays for your salvation. He pays for my salvation. He takes my sin. And he gives me his righteousness. He takes your sin and he gives you his righteousness. Through the Holy Spirit, that great exchange takes place. And we're born again and we're given a new life. And water baptism pictures that better than anything I can think of. We can visually see the death, the burial, the resurrection to walk a new life. But finally, baptism is a picture not only of a new life now, but it's also a picture of a future resurrection with Jesus. Verse 5. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Y'all remember that song we sang this morning, Because He Lives? Because He Lives, and because I've been born again, and if you've been born again because you've been born again, because he lives, we can live. We don't have to be afraid of death. Paul talks about that all through Romans. Death has been conquered. The last enemy is death. We're, we're afraid of death. We're afraid of dying. For the Christian, death is simply a transition from time and space into eternity. And I've got to be honest, I don't know what happens at death. I've never talked to anybody that's been on the other side. I've told somebody, I wish I could talk to my, my grandmother, my father, my grandfather, just for about 10 seconds. But you know what? I can't. All I have to do is to trust God's word. And Luke 16 tells me that if you die in Christ, when you die, you're carried by the angels into paradise. Jesus told that thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. So somebody asked me, are you afraid to die? I said, not a bit. I'm not looking forward to what's involved in it. You know, I don't know how we're all going to go. I don't know how we're going to go. My cardiologist said, one of these days you'll, uh, your heart's going to do you in. I said, brother, if you live long enough, yours will too, because <laughs> none of us leave this place with our heart beating. And there are a lot of different ways to die. I, we dream about having dying a great miraculous, uh, saving a school bus load of kids or, or doing something wonderful. The other day I thought I was going to choke to death on a potato chip. And I thought, I can see it now. Brother Andy died choking on a potato chip. But you know what? Whether we die a glorious death or die eating a potato chip, if we know Jesus, Jesus knows us. We're going home. Amen. And baptism's a picture of that. So once again, water baptism doesn't save us. That's something the Holy Spirit does. 
True regeneration, true born again, is a spiritual thing that takes place in our hearts. Water baptism is simply a picture. Jasmine, when we baptize you this morning, it's simply a picture of what's already happened in your heart. It's a picture of our death to sin. It's a picture of our relationship with Jesus. It's a picture of our burial of our old man. It's a picture of a new life. And water baptism is a picture of a future resurrection. That's why we have water baptism. The, the church has two ordinances. We have the ordinance of baptism. We have the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. Neither one of those things saves us. But they're both something that we celebrate after we're saved. And I will say this. Jesus Christ commands that we be baptized. In Matthew 28, in his last commission, the last thing Jesus told his apostles before he went back to heaven, he says, Go ye therefore into all the world, teach the gospel, preach the gospel to every creature, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. When you look at the book of Acts, every conversion example we have in the book of Acts was followed by baptism. And baptism was very important. Remember the Philippian jailer? The earthquake that happened at midnight? And the chains were open. None of the prisoners left. The jailer asked Paul, he said, man, what must I do to be saved? Paul didn't say be baptized. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your house, and you will be saved. After that, Scripture says, in the same hour of the night. So at 12... 30, they were baptized. They didn't wait for 10 years. They were baptized immediately. Baptism's important. Uh, the, the, the faith family I grew up with said that baptism, water baptism saves you. And they, they overemphasize baptism. Sometimes I think uh, as Christians we underemphasize baptism. We say, well, baptism doesn't save you. So we don't push baptism. Baptism's a command. It's the very first command that's given to someone who's been saved is to be baptized. That, that's the next step. So we're going to do that with Jasmine this morning. Jasmine, if you'll come forward. Here we go, kids. <laughs> I'm going to ask you two very simple questions. Have you decided in your life that you've quit living your way, you're going to live God's way? Have you repented toward God? Yes. Have you trusted Jesus to save you and as your Savior? Yes, okay. I have. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son, that yes. he came in the flesh? I do. Based on all that, what you're telling me is you've been born again. I have. You've been saved. Hallelujah.
Let her know that you're proud of her. You can go ahead and sit back there. Yeah. Thank you.